Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there and welcome to the show, the Phil Hay Monday Club brought to you by the Square Ball, along with Phil from The Athletic as well, Dan here from the Square Ball. Uh, for a limited time, you can get 15% off the big three legal services with our partner, Levi Solicitors, that's Will's Probate Conveyancing. Quote Monday Club when you contact Levi's or head to levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash Monday Club. Uh, regular 10% off your legal fees on everything else with legal services for you personally and for your business as well, levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash Monday Club. Monday Club it is indeed, Phil. Uh, reacting to the weekend's events and a sorry, sorry weekend in the life of, of Leeds United. Another one. It feels like, are we at the are we at the preliminary post-mortem stage now? Mm, I think we may be. Yeah, I've, a, I've just realised I need to start the 15-minute timer, so here we oh, go. Oh yeah, go on. Go on. As it came out of the London Stadium yesterday, there was a Sam Allardyce face mask that was kind of kicking about in the dust. I'd seen the, the supporters up in the, the corner of the of the ground and um, to our right who were wearing them before kickoff, and it was uh, it was quite poetic, really, and did feel like the the day captured in in one image. I mean, at the end of his press conference, he sat back and he crossed his fingers on both hands, and you did feel like that was all that was left. There's nothing much else to offer now apart from just desperate hope that that something something insane is going to go on this weekend. And I think even if it does, and even if Leeds do get out of this somehow on Sunday against Tottenham, there's no way for anybody to say that this has happened by design. You know, it, it will have been sheer luck in the end. To come into the final month of the season with 30 points as Leeds did is, is asking for trouble, particularly with the games that were ahead of them. And to go into the last weekend with 31, you have virtually no chance of staying up in those circumstances. And I think an awful lot of people, certainly speaking to fans coming home on the train yesterday, an awful lot of people have seen this coming for a long time. I think I said on on my show after the Leicester game that I felt like the damage had been done by that point. I, I just couldn't see. They were going to go into the last month with a maximum of 32 points, but potentially a, a minimum of 29. just wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. And yes, you know, they went on on Sunday, Everton lose to Bournemouth and, and everything changes again. But I'm not feeling it particularly, and I don't know whether you are. No, no. A quick reminder, by the way, that your show, The Phil Hay Show, is moving over to this feed as well in the summer, little summer break at the end of the season, and then we'll be moving it over to the Square Ball on YouTube and um, audio feed as well. But no, I um, I agree with you, Phil. It's uh, It felt like it's done as of, as of yesterday, primarily because the players didn't step up on a day where they needed to step up, is my opinion on it. They... They reached the, the ultimate do or die time and they just, they wilted under it as we've seen so many times. And we were saying on the match ball just after full time yesterday, 
we, we felt like it's a it's a pattern we've seen so many times across the course of the season. It was the season in microcosm, if you like. Hundred percent that scenario of start relatively well, get into good position, reasonably good position. And then from there, it, it all just fades and, and it all just runs away from them. I, I think you're right about stepping up, particularly because the opportunity was there for them yesterday. They, they they scored the first goal. I didn't think at any stage, particularly West Ham, were killing themselves to win that game. I mean, you had the juxtaposition right at the start of Leeds players coming out to, to line up, looking incredibly tense as, as they would be. And West Ham's players coming out with half of them carrying their kids. You know, it was like a, a send-off for Declan Rice. But it seemed to me that as the game went on and, and as Leeds went 1-0 up and then retreated quite deep and, and West Ham got level, West Ham started to think that they might as well just win the game because they could. And I mean, I think Allardyce has spoken a lot of truth about, you know, the, the state of the team, the state of the squad. Again, I mean, he was kind of, without naming him, a little bit scathing of Rota by saying that the reason he left Rodrigo on the pitch half injured or injured was was because he didn't feel he had another centre forward on the bench, which was, you know, and, and we're all sitting there saying, well, that was supposed to be rooted. He was supposed to have, you know, the calibre to play as a nine, but apparently not. I mean, I didn't think the second half reflected particularly well on Allardyce, to be quite honest. And I also didn't feel like it was the epitome at all of a team who were fighting to the death. It just, you know, and particularly because... I think what Allardyce had said about testing West Ham's legs early on was proven to be true. You know, the, the the pressure that Leeds were putting on them, you could tell that that was a team, West Ham, who were at the end of quite a long and hard season for them. And it also come up a, a European game in midweek. They, they did look a little bit leggy. But Allardyce has spoken, you know, about things you can't get away with in the Premier League. You know, you can't get away. He, he doesn't think the squad's deep enough. He doesn't think it's good enough. If I'm being honest, I don't think you can get away in the Premier League with having a half-fit centre-forward lumbering about for half an hour. I mean, Rodrigo's mobility was clearly a problem. He wasn't able to press West Ham. It was easier and easier for them to knock the ball around at the back, which meant they were under no pressure at all. And if the game plan was to try and nick a chance that Rodrigo stuck away, then you're talking incredibly long odds on, on that happening. And I think in the end, the game went the way it looked like it was going to go right from the second half, which was a West Ham win and a fairly easy one at that. Can I pick your brains on what Luke Ayling said post-match as well? I don't know, it set alarm bells ringing for me a little bit and maybe it shows that the die was cast to a certain extent with, with this season last summer. Uh, the lack of fitness that Luke Ayling brought up in his comments. What what does that say about the, the lack of fitness work last summer? Perhaps the lack of coaching appointments in a timely fashion? Where, where do you stand on that? Well, it's a fairly damning comment. I mean, the way, the way he put it, was to say they, they weren't able to go again in the second half. He felt like they'd played pretty well in the first half, been in the first half, and they definitely had in, in patches of it. But then in the second half, it was almost as if to suggest that there was nothing left. And, you know, to, so on the one hand, you've got to sit and say, well, you want to see the players look like they're, they're fighting for it and, and look like they realise the predicament. I mean, there, there was a point in the second half where you felt as if somebody needed to go down and say to them, you're getting relegated here. You know, like, this is it. There's not going to be any way out, realistically, if if you lose this today. And okay, you know, there, there is still the, the chance, but there really didn't seem to be that element of urgency. But to, you know, to read between the lines of what Ailing's saying, it's almost as if he's indicating that they just didn't have it in them to do it. And I don't think you could pretend that they, they are as fit a team or look as fit a team in terms of the distances they can cover and everything else as they were under Bielsa. And clearly the... The kind of irony of that is that 
you know, back towards the end of Bielsa's time, there was all the, the talk about the, the impact of injuries and the, the struggle to keep people fit. But to be quite honest, we're not out of that cycle yet, are we? You know, Bamford surely will, will not be ready for Spurs. I think there's a, a possible chance that Rodrigo will be with his foot injury, but they'll be nursing him through that. And again, like Allardyce said at the end of the game, you go into this fixture, which is now 100% do or die, and and might be die regardless. And you don't have a you, you don't have a established centre forward um to choose from. And in many ways, it's kind of like the 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 the, the most suitable fitting end to to what have been two fairly shambolic years. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And just to add to what Luke Ayling said, he did say, didn't he, that in years past, we've looked fit and we've outrun other teams and that was lacking this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah and and I think that's that's the case. And I suppose West Ham was a great example of that based on the fact that they had been in Holland on Thursday night. They did a really, really high-intensity, tough game against Altmar and managed to get themselves through to the, the Europa Conference final. And, OK, there were changes to the team. You know, Moyes made, made six changes to their lineup and and did shake it up. But they will still have been flagging to some extent. And I did think you could see that in them in, in the early stages. Leeds had the, the right tempo initially, and it was asking questions of West Ham. And I think it, it, a totally weird atmosphere at London Stadium because you could tell that there was just nothing riding on it for them. Um, their league season was done. Everybody down there is really thinking about Europe more than anything else. Obviously, there was the Declan Rice factor as well. But I don't think you'd have heard wild grumping and groaning 
had West Ham lost that and exited with a with a defeat behind them, it was just kind of one of those games that is sort of meaningless for them. But as I say, I think the penny dropped with them quite early in the second half. All they had to do was keep chipping away and, and they were going to win. Um, and Julie, they did. Which so many teams have done this season, haven't they? Uh, and you contrast yeah. it with you contrast it with what Forrest did against Arsenal, how much they scrapped, how much they fought for, for that victory. And that, to me, is the thing that's tipped me over into believing that this is more than likely done, that they just don't have the, they don't have the fight for it. For, for whatever reason, it's just not there. Do you, do you remember us saying that this sort of madness that you tend to speak about quite a lot that's in Leeds, it, it just didn't feel like that was present now? It was still kind of there towards the end of last season. It was still there in like the Norwich game, the, the draw with Brighton, the win away at Wolves. It's kind of gone. I don't feel like that spirit is is evident anymore. I, I don't feel like the the ability to make chaos of situations that need to be chaotic for your own good really exists either. All in all, they look like a team who are going down. And, and it has to be said that when you, you pull all the threads together and look at the, the big picture, it's a textbook case of how to get relegated. You know, mistakes on the coaching front, mistakes on the recruitment front. I think hubris at certain moments in refusing to either acknowledge those mistakes or to to deal with them as rapidly as 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 need to be, and it's led to this. And you know, I, I it was very obvious. I thought in in the replies and the notifications on Twitter yesterday, everybody saying we we've asked for this and we deserve it. You know, I don't think there's anybody out there who thinks that Leeds have been remotely unlucky this season. Yeah, the line you used in your report about this was the dire position the club find themselves in is a product of mistake upon mistake and hubris in refusing to see errors or react to them effectively, which I thought summed it up really, really well. Um, you also touched on in the in the post-match article that you've done. We're in a real a real pickle now and we are drawn towards the big picture scenario, aren't we, rather than the details of the game because you can go through the details of the game and say, nice goal and, and we've touched well, upon... Touched, touched, it, 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 it's interesting you say that because I've almost stopped writing about the games because what like what does it matter other than the results? Yeah, we, we've know, we've stopped it, talking about it on the match ball as well. It's all just big yeah. picture stuff because we it was a nice goal, but ultimately the rest of it just followed a pattern we've seen before. Yeah. What I was going to flag up in terms of the big picture was, as you've said in your report, no long-term head coaching position. We've got no director of football, no clarity on which division we're going to be in yet, no clarity on the ownership. They need to sort this out and quickly, don't they, whichever way it goes. Rapidly, really, really rapidly. And I think that starts with the ownership situation. There needs to be a quick decision. You'll have seen the report on The Athletic yesterday of Radrazani being involved in an offer for Sampdoria, and that was reported by Italian media before us as well um, last week, which suggests that, you know, at, at the very least, in his head, he's kind of hedging his bets about the, the fact that he might be on the way out, depending on how this goes. But I still think it will come down to money and it will still come down to the offer that 49ers Enterprises are able to make him in the championship if that's where Leeds end up and whether or not it suits him financially to do it. I mean, from the questions I've asked about this, I've absolutely no doubt that 49ers Enterprises do want them in the championship and do want to run the club, you know, don't want to be stuck in this 44% position where, you know, fundamentally they're involved in the decisions, but they're not theirs ultimately. You know, it is still Radrazani who who has control. But that's going to have to resolve itself, first of all. It seems to me not impossible, but tricky to appoint a head coach, to appoint a director of football or to, you know, to, to create a new structure of, of management above your head coach, to make decisions on players until you know whose decision is final and until you know who's going to be running the show next season. It seems peculiar, I think, to say the least, that the negotiations about what happens 
in the event of relegation have been allowed to run on this long. Because you can go back to November to a time where people were starting to ask the question, you know, is, is this squad going to run into trouble? Is Marsh going to run into trouble? Is the kind of danger ahead again? Hasn't really got much better from that point. You know, it's been dicey all the way through. And Daisy to the extent that Marsh was gone in February, you know, the, the scrambling for Gracia. Gracia didn't last any reasonable length of time. Now in for Allardyce. Clearly not been good. But as it stands at the moment, we still wait to, to get white smoke about a, a deal actually being in place for, for the scenario where the club go down. How culpable do you think they are, the 49ers, 49ers enterprises, for the situation that we find ourselves in? Because they've been sort of milling about in the background, not saying anything now for several years just shy of 50% ownership. Are, are they really as like passive as we might be led to believe or do they have an no, active hand in all this? Or where, where are no, we? No, definitely not. No, they, they do have an active hand in it. I suspect they will say, as and when they, they talk um, publicly, I suspect they will say that with 56%, it was still effectively Radrazani's club and, and you know, the, the, the weight of the decisions fell to him. But I don't think there'd be much credibility in trying to pretend that this was nothing to do with you and you were kind of passive partners in the boardroom as this was all going on round about you. 44% gives you a big amount of influence. And, and you know, they have Marathi on the board at Ellen Road. They have Pete Lowy on the board at Ellen Road as well, one of the investors who's in with, with 49ers Enterprises. So, yeah, no, they, they, they're very much in the building uh, and very much part of this. And I think one of the key questions for them as and when they, they buy, and which you'd like to hear them answer in detail, is... What do you think has gone wrong in the past two years? What specifically do you think have been the big failings these past two years? And what you, what will you do about it? You know, what will be the changes you make that get the club on a sounder footing? And, and if the club are promoted again, avoids going through this cycle for a second time. We're into the final minute then of our uh, allocated 15, Phil, for the analysis. And I'll ask you a question now that we've touched on before. But again, did we learn anything from this game at the weekend? Only that everything needs a huge reset from top to bottom. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I, I'm to be convinced that the experiment with Allardyce should go any further beyond this season. I think there are an awful lot of players who need to go. I think that an awful lot of players who probably want to go um, and would probably feel like fresh pastures may be good for them. Um, we've kind of learned that Leeds have set themselves up for relegation, and at this point, are probably going to get it. Well. <laughs> On that cheery note, Phil, we reached the whistle. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, we've got one more Monday club um, to come, which will be after the, the Spurs game. And we've got the final Phil Hay show as well over on the Athletic feed, which will be after the Spurs game as well. Plus one more coming before the Spurs game where we'll preview it and wonder if, can they can they find that madness? Can they tap into that madness? We'll uh, we'll get back together then towards the end of the week and... Uh, and do that. I mean, we we have a little chuckle there, but it's not funny, is it? It's pretty depressing, all in all, and it's been a, a year in the making. It's not. It's not funny. I mean, you, you you try to remind yourself from time to time that it is just football, you know, and it's it's sport, and, and this happens in sport. But I think it's the again. I, I talk quite often about the bigger picture thing. It's the situation that had been created two years ago versus the situation they're now in, and it just feels like a chronic waste. Right, back on Thursday slash Friday then for the final round of, uh, of pre-match stuff for this season. And we will speak to you then. The Square Ball Podcast. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello, Fresh. 